0: You're listening to a podcast from the Tudor and Stuart Ireland Conference. The 8th Annual Tudor and Stuart Ireland Interdisciplinary Conference took place at Queen's University Belfast in August 2018. The conference was generously supported by the School of History, Anthropology, Philosophy and Politics, the School of Arts, English and Languages and the Institute of Irish Studies, all at Queen's University Belfast and by Marshall's Library. As in previous years, the majority of papers were recorded for podcasting by Real Smart Media, in association with HistoryHub.ie. There are now more than 200 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences freely available. To access this archive, go to HistoryHub.ie forward slash podcasts or visit TudorStuartIreland.com. In this episode, a recording of a special panel by Dr. Brendan Kane from the University of Connecticut and Deirdre Niccharty from Trinity College Dublin. Their panel was entitled, Learn Early Modern Irish, a digital guide to reading and paleography, circa 1200 to 1650.
1: And let me just say thanks to the organizers for having us. We're, we're delighted to be able to uh, spend some time talking about the project. And so we're going to talk about what it is we hope to do. And so we'll give a little bit of a background on to the, on the site. Uh, We'll run quickly through the site, give you a chance to see how it works. All right, so just in terms of the background, uh, I thought we should should explain why the thing exists, why we're involved in the project, and I think this is probably fairly obvious. Um, You know, we have, uh, you know, the early modern period, we have... Great number of sources, I mean, certainly nothing like the number of sources in English, but uh, the number of sources in Irish are actually, uh, there's quite a number of them, and there's quite a variety of them, you know, from poetry to various uh, prose forms, and it seemed unfortunate, or it seems unfortunate, those are underused, and so in my kind of naivete when I started out into this field, I figured, well, if I was going to study early modern Irish history, I suppose I had to learn... Irish, and um, didn't realize how difficult that would be. So anyway, um, we started, started the site to help people learn. Because one of, the, I mean, I think something that we all know is that while there may be an argument out there as to whether or not you should read, or you know, what the benefits are of reading Irish if you're doing early modern Irish history, I mean, really, in many ways, it strikes me as a non-starter as an argument. You can't really ask people to be reading the language when there's no grammar, there's no dictionary, and there's no guide or textbook. So the resources simply don't exist. So I think uh, we're at this kind of really interesting moment where we can start to, I think, kind of reimagine our collective field as one which is much more uh, bilingual. So we got into doing the project Basically, to create those three sources, those main sources—something of a guide, something of a grammar, a glossary, and a, a grammar and a glossary. So, just as quick background: This started as a very small digital humanities seed grant at the University of Connecticut, um, and I managed to get a technical person, with one of my colleagues, Thomas Scheinfeld who I had a a funny meeting with him. He was just new to the university, and I was trying to explain this to him. I was like, "Oh, this is going to go freaking nowhere. And he says, no, 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 actually, my mother-in-law lives in New York, and she takes Irish classes in NYU. I get it. So it was kind of pure chance. So that worked out well. Um, Then Notre Dame came on board and actually funded somebody to help do data entry, so and so forth. So from there, we went around. I sort of went around hat in hand and asked people to come on board uh, to serve on the advisory board and managed to get people to come on board. And then after that, we went around and asked people um, at institutions who publish works in early modern Irish if we could excerpt material from their sources for the site, and people were very generous about that. All right, so so that's a bit of the background. So what are the goals for the site? Uh, I think there are five, really. Uh one is just simply to have more people reading early modern Irish sources, but also discussing them, just kind of raise awareness. Right? And in order to do that, the site aims to de-exoticize the language of it. I think we all know so, oh well, you didn't know Irish, that's really, really hard. And you know, it's like, look, we're scholars, it's it's just part of our job, it's just another research language. Um so that's one. Two, in doing so, hopefully we have a bit more of a bilingual field, right? So reading more of the Irish sources. Um, more writing in Irish. I mean, this would be more dear to the side of things than mine. Um, And imagine more presentation in Irish. Like, imagine a tutor story conference that has a panel as Gregia. Three, building interdisciplinary networks and the kind of natural interdisciplinarity of reading these sources. Um, Fourth, this is also an exercise in collaborative and digital scholarship, right? Obviously, this is a digital humanities project and brings in people with a variety of different skills. Um, and I should say, it is a site that also allows people working in different areas to test different... Um, and, and make innovations in their own particular fields. So, as Deirdre will show us in a second, um, the hover boxes, for instance, were an innovation. Somebody had to write the code for that because it's a, it's a word platform, but this is actually a custom... Uh, element of it and then finally there's a pedagogical theory to this right which is uh, perhaps crude but I I mean I think interesting which is in building up the text and doing the analysis there are always there's always a combination of expert and kind of intermediate like expert and learner because if you just ask the experts to say well explain this we'll we'll kind of explain it Um, however they may not understand where learners get tripped up Right? And so the idea is you get people to start start on a translation and then you hand it over. And sometimes we work the other way, but you always have people who are at a more intermediate level try it out because that way we're able to figure out, okay, where are other learners going to uh, potentially have questions? So anyway, the idea is to help people by finding out where their questions are. And that's where you all come in because you're going to play around with the quatrain. All right, so the site... Um, just very quickly, this is the About page, all right? And we have this kind of very minimalist Ikea style. <laughs> um, you know, there it is. So it does come with Allen wrenches and a, um, minimalist instructions. So this just gives you sense for like who's involved and it's growing. So if you wanna be involved, just let us know. And with that, I'm gonna turn the floor over to your turn.
2: Great, so I'm just gonna walk you through the site itself. And just, just to let you know, it is a work in progress, it's constantly being updated, things are constantly being added, so, so do keep an eye. Um, the home screen, the three icons, they're the three main learning tools, if you like, and then along the top you can access them as well with a few more um, features that I'll talk about. So I guess the focal point for the learners, and um, really what an awful lot of work goes into, is the part on annotated texts. So we're trying to include a wide variety of genres. So you can see here we have poetry and prose. And I'll just pick an example. So this is a a bardic poem, a a short poem. And at the top of the screen, we have just very basic information. We've got the the name of the poem, Brian O'Rourke. We've got information on the poet, and you can click into that. I'll return to those kind of links. We have the source, so where it has been published. And again, you can click in in, in see, see more information about the sources and where to purchase them, and I'll get back to that as well. Then we have the LAVE team. So these are the experts, and um, learners will be up there too, anyone who has helped in the collaboration. And we have a link then to their personal academic pages. And this is important because it, again, emphasizes the idea of networking and collaboration but also it ensures that people have ownership of the site, and this ensures really a high standard. You know, their names are there, um, and that's quite important. The layout is always text on the left-hand side. Then on the right-hand side, you have the general guide. So this will give you a little bit of information about the genre and how best to approach it when you're trying to attempt a translation. So kind of basic tips and just some background Then the detailed guide will go through difficulties within the text, passages that might be tricky for whatever reason, and perhaps things that the learners have had difficulty with when attempting um, the collaboration work at the beginning. So that goes into a little bit more detail, and then finally on the last tab, we have the translation. It's a very literal translation, you know, again, to help the learner, and Again, it's on purpose that you can't see the translation. You need, you need to go and look at it because the idea is that you will attempt your own, and then that's finally the last step, that you can go and have a look and see how yours compares to the last one. Um, then the text itself is annotated. So here we have the pop-up boxes. So you'll see if you slide the cursor over, over a line of the quatrain, you've got yellow boxes and orange boxes. So every word, the, the orange box, that's... A, breakdown of an individual word so if you click on a word like there you'll have the dictionary form you'll have the form that's in the quatrain and then you'll have grammatical notes and this is important again you probably know you might have a form of a word in the dative that looks nothing like the dictionary form and that's really difficult for learners so that's why it's important to go through each word individually and um, then the yellow chunks these are kind of words that syntactically they go together they have a relationship together and this is really important for bardic poetry especially because the phrasing is really difficult anyone who's tried to translate a poem you know there's no real punctuation you you won't get the verb subject object in the normal order so these chunks are are to help help you figure that out and again we will provide a translation there as well so that's Working together, you, you should be able to go through a quatrain, and then if you get stuck, click click on one of the boxes. um also, say say if you click sometimes the uh, preposition egg," that'll come up all the time, but we have links to the other features, so sometimes you'll see a little more box, and if you click on that, I think that'll bring us to yeah, so that'll bring us to the glossary, which is the next kind of learning tool um, again, you can you can access that from the homepage or up here at the top. Um, the glossary is, has proved actually very valuable because there is no dictionary. So we have a dictionary for Old Irish, which is, is very difficult if you don't understand Old Irish spelling. Um, and then the modern dictionaries just don't, don't, don't do the job at all. So what we've done here is... Um, it's, it's a collection of all the glossaries from printed editions. So initially what you would have to do is go to all your books go to the end of the book, look through the glossary to try and find the word. You might have to go through a couple of editions before you'll find the word. So we've just kind of done that on the site to make it easier for people. Also, if there's a text on the site that hasn't been edited with the glossary, the words go, go up too. And you'll see that it's not a single entry. We have them done separately um, and by source. And the reason for that is I mean, sometimes words can have different meanings in different contexts, so poetry and prose. And also some of the glossaries just have really good grammatical information, and we thought it was as well to put that up. Um, So, again, that's always being added to, um, but it is... Yeah, there's really an awful lot gone into that, and it's very useful in the classroom. It's great as well. So alphabetical order, you know, you can just search it if you're looking for a word. Um, then we have the grammar section, which is, again, there, there's no grammar of the, of the language of the period. One or two chapters written in modern Irish, which isn't really much help if you know, you, you're not extremely comfortable with, uh, with modern Irish. So, again, this is a work in progress. We have nouns, prepositions, and verbs more or less covered. So, you know, if, if you go into, say, the substantive verb... We have all the paradigms, and they are more tricky than modern Irish, but, but that said, you know they're, they're quite doable, um, but just to help them there at your um, yeah prepositions, the same kind of thing, it'll tell you if it'll go govern the date of accusative and also the paradigms. so again, um, there's work to be done on all this kind of thing, but it, it'll also link you back into the glossary, so all the pages are are kind of connected, or yeah, back into the glossary. So, you know, if you're working on a word, you should be able to get all the information pretty easily without too much hopping around. So they're kind of the main um, learning tools. And then we just at the top have a section on books. So these are the sources from which the material have been taken. Um, So again, Introduction to Irish syllabic poetry, it'll bring you, uh, give you all the details, and then you can go to the site of the publishers and it'll show you where you can purchase the book as well. And again, this is important for collaboration, and um, you know, acknowledging everyone's work and sh- showing you where you can go and um, who's, who's dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, the people section, again, that's not the people working on the site, but these are the poets, the original editors, translators. Um, and again, you can, you know, click onto these people, and we have a link often to Punk IE, which, again, might be useful, depending on what background um, and what your research is. Um, so that is the people section, and then resources. Again, just just the, the important ones, Punk IE, the Bardic Poetry Database. Um, there are more that we will probably add to, but... Um, yeah, actually, I'll just go back to the texts section. I forgot to say up here. Yeah, so you click into a text, and there is a link to a manuscript as well, at least one, so you can go and have a look at that. Um, and again, that's something we might like to develop further at some stage, but we've still plenty to be getting on with um, as it is. So I think that's. Everything, isn't? It, yeah. yeah, so it's a very, so. very quick run-through, but um, we'd encourage you to have a look play around yourselves.
0: Thank you for listening to this Tudor and Stuart Ireland conference podcast. If you would like to access the archive of more than 200 podcasts from previous Tudor and Stuart Ireland conferences, please go to historyhub.ie forward slash podcasts. All podcasts are freely available on iTunes and on SoundCloud. For more information on the annual Cheater and Stuart Ireland Interdisciplinary Conference, visit the conference website at cheaterstuartarland.com.